You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to On The Line. It's February 21st, and we are back for our latest episode as we dive into all things high school, track and field, and cross country. On today's show, we're going to get to an interview with Daniel Simmons, the reigning Gatorade Cross Country Player of the Year, and much more. I'm here with Olivia Ekmanay and Ashley Tisions, my lovely co-hosts. If you listen to our show, uh, go to milesplit.com. You'll find it there. You'll find it on Spotify. And now, if you're watching YouTube, I don't know if you are because this is our first show, it's also going to be on YouTube. Uh, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts and obviously on YouTube. You can also find Liv's latest podcast, Live and Learn, on our site, Milesplit. She spoke with seven-time All-American Jasmine Stowers yesterday, so check that out. Uh, as we said on today's show, we're going to talk with Daniel. We'll go over the weekend's festivities. Uh We'll talk about World U-20 cross-country championships in Australia, national records, a little bit of a hypothetical. We're creating a new race on this show today, so it's first time ever. And then we'll go into our national meet of the week, which is the Michigan Indoor State Championships this weekend in Ypsilanti. All right, so let's start first with how you lovely ladies are doing. Olivia, I'll start with you first. What's going on? Yeah, just had a great weekend, kind of relaxing. Didn't really do much, which was awesome, and... Got to watch some track and field on TV and also was able to just catch up on the live stream. So great track and field eventful weekend. How about yeah. you, Corey? Indoor championships. Yeah, I, I, I mm-hmm. caught a little bit of that, a little indoor championships, uh, but also was told I, I watch too much track at home, so can't can't do a lot of it <laughs> when I'm off the clock. So not everything. Ashley, what about you? <laughs> Well, you may not have been thinking about running 24-7, but I do. So uh, this weekend we had the Austin Marathon here in Austin. So I went out and kind of cheered, and that was fun. So enjoyed that for sure. Yeah. Let's get to our guest. Ashley, who do we got? All right. To begin our show today, we have none other than one of the best distance runners in the high school scene currently. Coming off one of the best performances um, you know, seen on the indoor track all season so far, and that is Daniel Simmons, a junior out of American Fork in Utah. He just set the boys' 3,200-meter meet record over the weekend at the Simplot Games in Idaho, and he clocked a stellar 853 mark, which ranks among the best in the country so far this season at that distance. But, I mean, hey, he's a distance stud. He can do anything from the 3,200 down to the 1,600 and the 800, and we're glad to have him here with us today. So thanks, Daniel, for being on with us. I love, I love this opportunity. 
Well, first Thank off, you. let's talk about what just happened over the weekend at Simplot. You were battling with Sam Hansen the whole time, you know, and it came down actually to the final straightaway there, and you kind of surged into the lead there to get that meet rate record in 853. Um, you know, what was the key for you and, you know, a very competitive race like that to come away with the win? Um, I think that the main thing that I was trying to focus on that race to keep me going was uh, I really wanted to make sure that I believed in myself no matter what happened. You know, like uh, I wanted to make sure I didn't give up if someone passed me because I, I had that idea floating in my head and I was like, what's going to happen if someone passes me? I don't want to <laughs> give up. So that was my I think that was my key strategy. And this was also, you know, one of your first truly big indoor races that you've had in your career in this season. You know, did you have a big, you know, going in since it was a big marquee meet, did you have a big goal or intention besides not get passed? Uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was going in trying, I was really hoping to get the record. Uh, 8.54, uh, I think Casey Klinger was the, the old record holder. And so I was like, if I can get his record, that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> So, so far this indoor season, you have set personal bests in every single event you've competed in, as Ashley mentioned, from the 800 all the way to the 32, you have the range. How are you feeling about how your season is going so far? I'm really excited because, I mean, currently in training, we're, we're still hitting like higher mileage stuff and we're just tuning up, getting getting back into good shape from a little break after cross country season. And so having these pretty, pretty amazing times for uh, personal bests uh, is, is really exciting to me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, you know, I got one more indoor track race and then outdoor season. All right. There's always a conversation to be had about distance conversions with racing at altitude and one online conversion site puts you at 840 converted at sea level, but Hey, your time is your time. But can you describe how your race felt at altitude? Um, yeah, so it hurt a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> like when Sam passed me, so I started hurting about maybe a lap after the first mile. And I was like, Ooh, I hope no one is catching me because this hurts pretty bad. And so when he passed me, I was just like, Oh no way. This is, this is going to be quite the battle. Um, and so it, it really hurt, but you know, I, I, mean, I kept believing. And so it kept, I, I, I guess I was able to finish. <laughs> yeah, you fought through it. I mean, I think you've, you've proven that before. What other race are you going to compete in indoors before you move to outdoors? Um, I'm going to be heading up to uh, Boston for the New Balance Indoor Nationals. Okay. All right. So, so follow up to Olivia's question. You will be racing at sea level then. Uh, two, yeah. two mile? Two mile? Uh, no, I'm actually going to try the 5K. So oh, okay. A few more laps. Ooh, fine. <laughs> okay. Like All right. So we don't have the straight comparison to see where it is, but still 5K. What, what goals do you have for, for New Balance? Um, I think for sure, because it's at sea level and it's such a like awesome track, um, I'm going to try and crack at 14 minutes for the 5k wow. and, uh, see how that goes. Let's, let's go Daniel Simmons. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, 
So you, you're obviously a part of this American Fork team. Uh, you're from American Fork yourself. We, we spoke about that uh, during your, your Gatorade National win. Um, you were born there. You came back here after you know some time in Idaho. And you've become mm-hmm. the latest to kind of carry on that, that strong legacy. What's it mean to you to, to run for American Fork? And how do you kind of try to keep that tradition alive as a, as a member of that squad? It's so fun. I mean... I love running on this American Fork team because my teammates, we're all just best friends. You know, we, we say hi to each other at school. If, and, and, like, if we have classes with each other, it's like that's our favorite class. And so it just carries over to the racing aspect as well. It's like uh, it's not like a huge burden to be like, oh, we need to carry on this winning AF tradition because, you know, we're having fun. And training is like it brings out the best in us. So it's just such a great like structure that we have here. I feel when you, when you did live in Idaho, I kind of tried to figure like you were at salmon high school. That's a very small town, right? It was like a small area. Not a lot of people. Yeah, it was, I think the population of the whole town is the, the current population of American fork. It's like 3000. So, And you live it's, in the greater. It was quite quite the change. <laughs> yeah, you live in the greater like um, Salt Lake City area, so larger area now. But can you describe the culture of of running that was in Idaho, where you lived, like, and and how you made it work for you? What was sort of how did you make running work for you while you were in Idaho? Um, I'm so I had a brother that was a a senior when I was a freshman, and so my freshman year me and him were running together all the time. And uh, I think that helped a ton get me really into the sport. Um, In middle school, I think that also helped that in Idaho, there's not quite as much, you know, uh, middle school. So when I ran, when I raced, I started winning a lot. And so it was really fun. Uh, And then that kind of just carried over into high school where I learned to love running for running when I was running with my brother and stuff. And so, but when he left, I, it, I just kind of turned into like a solo trainer ish. I mean, I had a team, but I mean, I was running in the mornings alone, but it's still really great there. Um, a lot of really fun things learned and important, you know, uh, opportunities that came. Now you marked your comeback to American Fork this past fall on the cross-country course where obviously you had a very sensational season there. You won the National Gatorade Player of the Year Award. You know, what were some of those emotions when you received that award? And then how did that give you maybe some motivation or a confidence boost going into the track season? Oh, that award was mind-blowing. I mean, (laughs) I was totally exhausted when I got up to the top of that hill, but... uh... (laughs) I think receiving it at that time was a huge surprise. I was so happy. I saw tons of friends and family. And so I was just, it's, it's kind of hard to describe as emotions that like I haven't really ever felt. Um, And so I just think it was really, really cool. (laughs) Now I have to know, you know, off the track, what kind of hobbies are you into besides, you know, running? You know, I think, on you know your little profile for winning Gatorade Player of the Year, it said you're into singing. Um, you know what yeah. kind of music are you into and stuff? Um, I uh, 
This one's hard. I don't really know, like, artists or, yeah. like, what kind of st- – I, I kind of like all styles of music. I mean, I – so for singing, I'm kind of in that baritone range, so I can hit some low notes and I can sit, hit some higher notes. And so I kind of like uh, – I really like maybe pop-ish music because it, it has kind of both ranges, and uh, I think it's fun to sing. Um I think also another thing that I actually didn't mention is that I love rock climbing as well. I think that's the one. That's that's my other sport outside of running that I love so much. That's really cool. Do you write your own music by chance? No. No, I don't do that. Oh, man, I I was about to have you drop some beats for us or something. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm not that good, but. (laughs) Hey, you never know. But that's awesome. Good for you. Now, I I thought of Ashley when I wrote this question down for you. And Ashley, I feel like, asked everyone this question when it comes to distance running. Do you prefer track or do you prefer cross country and why? I love cross country, actually. I mean, I enjoy track, but I love that cross country is just one race. It's like you if you're not the first race, you get to watch all the other people race and just absorb the environment of tons of runners and you know, if it's like a nap at a like a cool, unique course, you can look and see all these fun things, you know, like if it's you know, a natural course, you know, lots of trees. It's just fun to be in nature. So, Daniel, um, it's funny you say that about rock climbing. I mean, just a couple of years ago, Hobbs Kessler mm-hmm. was a national uh, runner. Obviously, he broke a sub four mile. Um, it's funny you say you're a rock climber, too. Um, maybe that's the key to, to distance running here. Okay. I think we're losing Daniel right now, maybe an internet connection. Um, if we can, we will come back to him. But in the meantime, let's go to our next segment, which is the week that was. Uh, we had a lot of action take place over the weekend that was uh, Simplot Games. We talked to Daniel uh, about his effort at, at uh, 3,200 meters. We also had the USA Indoors. We had a couple high schoolers there in Albuquerque. And then... A, a, a slate of state championships in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Louisiana, Colorado, um, some of them official, some of them unofficial. So let's dive into some of that action right now. Olivia, what's on your mind? Yes, what was on my mind, as I mentioned, uh, to kick off the show, I had a chance to watch some of the U.S. indoor championships that took place in New Mexico, and we had some high school athletes really step up to the plate and really challenge themselves, and we're going to dive into the the Mole Sisters in a bit, but we also were able to see Jacinia Jero holtz of Emerald Ridge High School out in Washington. I was really impressed by her performance in the high jump. She actually cleared over six feet there to finish fifth overall, which was quite amazing. Amazing. And, you know, outside of the high school competition that we saw, Deanna Price broke the world record in the weight throw with a toss of 85 feet, four and a quarter of an inch. And then Aaliyah Hobbs, oh my goodness, setting the American record in the 60 meters with a 694. I was just like, I was blown away by those performances. So they were quite exciting to watch on TV as well. I, I don't quite know if 
what what happens here, but both Jaciana and Hannah finish fifth, which gives them a thousand dollars. There's there's prize money for this stuff. Either mm-hmm. you know, you know, compliance with high schools. Does she, do they earn that money now that NIL is available? I guess it depends on the state, right? Yeah. The NIL rules in yeah. each state are different, so I guess it depends there if they can accept it or not. But hey, yeah, that's a nice little little, little cash out there. I was going to say, I hope, they can, I hope they can accept it. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And now that you you mentioned the, the malls, uh, uh, Olivia, let's stick on that a little bit because over the last couple of of, of outings, they've been over the national high school record now um mm-hmm. that's that's at another bar that we haven't seen before where do you think that leads us into outdoor you know going into 2023 is it do we see heights even higher olivia what are your thoughts i feel like we will Corey, and the reason being is they've been very consistent with clearing over 14 p- feet multiple times already this indoor season as they continue to get stronger throughout the remainder of the year i feel like the outdoor season is just a place where they're really going to shine like we're seeing them shine right now it's scary to think what the possibilities for them is going to look like moving into the outdoor season so they're just tapping it it's starting to feel uh normal i guess you can say right like they're consistently they know what that bar feels like so eventually they're just going to keep trucking away and increasing that bar height so i think the sky is ultimately the limit for these for these girls ashley that's so funny that you i love how you use the word normal because to, to describe <laughs> it it's like it's not normal but because yeah. they do it so frequently they make it seem normal and yeah. so now i guess for me the question is like what's the new standard for them to be chasing like 15 3 15 yeah. 4 i don't know what do you guys think or, i, have, or I don't know. the uh the the new um north star for them basically yeah. like what's their highest mm-hmm. peak there i mean I saw that attempt that Hannah cleared on her first um, run, and she looked like she had some distance over the bar, too. I agree. It's like you get that point, and it's a matter of taking those attempts, but also then knowing you've completed it before, it creates this cycle or this pattern or this mental sort of awareness of, okay, I'm confident now I can make that step over this bar. I've done it multiple times. Um, and that gives you the leeway to kind of push farther and farther. Um, they did take, I think, well, I think they took attempts at the next 4.61 meters, I believe. Uh, didn't make it, but obviously the attempts lead you to the next make. So um, mm-hmm. it was a very, you know, illuminating, you know, moment for the for those girls. And I think outdoor, they hit 15 again um, at Texas Relays, and maybe we see something even higher. All right, Ashley, what do you have for this weekend? What do you want to get into? Yeah, guys, we still have state championship season going on in indoors. And so let's go to the Northeast where you had the Connecticut State Championships. And we had a U.S. number one performance there from Joshua Mooney Mooney, of Stonington in the boys' 55-meter hurdles. He clocked 7.26. That's also a tie for the state record. He's also third in the long jump and finished seventh in the 55. So great performance there from Mooney. Um, you know, overall, looking at some of the results from Connecticut, there were a lot of finals that, you know, it really came down to the wire. When you look at the boys, 3,200, you had Colin Walsh over Benjamin Lorenz. He won it by just like two, two tenths of a second there. And then you have Jonathan York over his own teammate, Gabriel Sisk in the boys, 600. 123.49 to 123.52, so some tight finishes there. And then staying in the Northeast, let's go over to Rhode Island where we saw our man, Devin Kipiego. He won not one, not two, not three, but four, four state titles. That's pretty 
pretty darn impressive, I have to say. He won the 600,000, the 1,500, and the 3K, clocking some pretty fast times there. You know, last season, looking at what he did as a junior, he won three state titles um, in the 1,000, 15, and 3K. And then he adds the 600 here, which I don't know if we've ever really seen him run a 600 before. So, I mean, hey, why not? It was pretty entertaining. And he wasn't <laughs> the only one to win multiple state titles either in Rhode Island. You had Sophia Goyer on. She runs the 1K and the 1500, and she wins those in 258 and 441. She just kind of coasted there. And then you're looking at Lisa Ray of West Warwick. She's a ninth grader. She wins the 55 and the 300 on the girl side for the first state titles over her career. So we'll be curious to see how she does as she moves on with her high school career. And if you're looking at some of the team relays, LaSalle Academy swept all the boys' relay titles. And then the team winners, you have the classical girls, 68 points and the bishop hendrickson boys with 100 points so really exciting stuff what's what's the saying now when you're like you're like the the man on top they you say like that's him like that's that guy <laughs> that's him that's yeah. him <laughs> the goat yes that's him or that's her <laughs> i got you we got a lot of those guys and gals this year so there's a lot of hims and hers mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of identities out there. Okay, we're gonna go into uh, on my end the Simplot games. We just talked to Daniel Simmons of, of America Fork. Eight fifty three eighty uh, is amazing. Uh, new meet record. The conversion of eight forty. If you go to Final Surge, uh, that is the site where I saw some of these altitude conversions down. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he does at sea level if he does run the two mile again. Um, clearly, Gatorade National Player of the Year he has the potential to do that, and I think a lot of guys are at that eight forty. You know, um, baseline. Sam Hansen, 855, converts down to 841. Noah Jenkins of Harriman, uh, 906, converts down to 852. Uh, he wasn't done there. Harriman won the 4x8 uh, with a sub-8 performance as a team. That is a Utah squad that will we'll ha- we'll make some noise over the 2023 season. As we as we turn over to Tennessee Indoor State Championships at Vanderbilt this weekend, Got a, got a remark on Abby Faith Cheeseman of the Web School. She ran 10-14 for two miles, uh, which is now at U.S. number one for that distance. Uh, love love the Cheese family and, and what she's able to do, obviously. Always a good time seeing them seeing her perform. Nicholas Harbour, uh, let's chat about him real quick. Three meets in eight days. Uh, Harbour ran Milrose, the uh, the District of Columbia State Championships, and then MVP Vibe Fest in Chicago. 6.70 at Milrose, 6.33 in the 55 at the DC Indoor State Championships, 6.78 at MVP Vibe Fest. That is a lot of running in eight days. <laughs> Olivia, what are your thoughts on that? That sounds exhausting. <laughs> I was just even thinking yeah. about it, I wonder how Nick feels. Uh, yeah, that's quite impressive, though. Just thinking about, like, he's been all over the country, you know, Milrose being in New York, DC, back at home, MVP, Five Fest in Chicago. Like he's literally hitting all these areas and up in the northeastern part of the country. And the fact that he's able to still put these fast times together really just shows uh, the talent that he has. And so I wonder what is going to look like next for him. I hope he takes some time to recover and get back yeah. to training as, you know, as we approach into the national part of the season. But hey, I'll take those times pretty solid got a, got a couple weeks off ashley any thoughts on that too mm-hmm. i was just gonna say he must be living at the airport you know like he's traveling <laughs> everywhere but like olivia said now it's time to buckle down and probably really focus on nationals for sure i mean that could be that will be his life in college football um That's with true. with mm-hmm. georgia traveling a lot so maybe it's partially preparation i don't know but 
I do think he'll get a couple of weeks off before he goes to national championships. And then four by two, I think you're going to talk about that later. Uh, 60 meter dash. We'll see him there. We're going to move on to the next subject out of this, this weekend. And that is the world U20 championships in Bathurst, Australia. We had two American contingents that, that went to Australia and competed. And for the first time ever, the women's, the young women's side earned a medal, bronze medal overall, uh, amazing accomplishment on that end. Wasn't done, though, because the young men of the U.S. also earned a medal for the first time since 1982. Uh, incredible performance all around. Uh, Ashley, I'll start with you first. What were some of your insights from uh, World U20s? Yeah, I mean, for Team USA, it's been a long time coming at World U-20 cross-country championships. Like you mentioned, the girls won their first ever bronze team medal. It was a great day for Ellie Shea. She was number one for Team USA in 21.48 for 6K. That earned her 10th overall. It's really impressive there and was less than a minute away from the champion. If you look at the girls' spread, the, the four scorers, they finished 10, 12, 13, and 19, and all four scorers were high schoolers. That's, I feel like that's kind of a good comment there on just how good the high school distance scene is in the U.S. And, you know, when you look at the boys' side as well, it was their first team bronze since the 80s. And, you know, some things, you know, particularly on the boys' side, really played to Team USA's favor. Like, I mean, Uganda didn't field a full team, but... There's no denying that the U.S. had a great performance there. You know, they were led by their number one in Leo Young. He was the top athlete from a non-African country and finished 16th overall in 26.03 for 8K. And, I, you know, looking at just the results in general, one big takeaway I really want to look at, too, is I'm really impressed by Zariel Machia. I mean, she's just a high school sophomore, one of the youngest athletes in this field here, and she finished fourth for Team USA in 19th, 19th overall, just over 23 minutes for 6K. So I'm curious to see how Machia continues. You know, I mean, she still has two more years of high school left. Yeah. So. Well, staying on that, I guess maybe, Olivia, do you have anything more on, on Machia and then, and then beyond that, sort of your insights on World U22? Yeah, I think both the girls and the boys' sides, women and men for the U20 teams, really put everything together. Ashley really did a great job of just summarizing it. I want to talk about Makia, as Ashley mentioned, a sophomore. We have two more years, one of the youngest athletes to be competing at these championships. And to finish in the top 20, that is insane. And we talked about just the, the group of girls that were representing Team USA for this World U20 Championships. They're pretty much all high school kids, minus Ava Klingbell, who finished 29th. Like, that just shows the depth that the girls' team had going into these championships. And to finish third overall and first time doing it in a long time is, is quite exceptional. A any other thoughts besides, like, on the guy side, too? What, what, what were some of your thoughts on maybe the guy's performance? Yeah, I was really impressed with Leo just doing a phenomenal job. Top finisher for Team USA, 16th overall uh, for 26.03 for 8K. And then you also have Marco Lingen, who finished 19th. Yeah. Maxane's 21st. Cold Matizen, I was really proud to see him out there competing. So it was just fantastic just to see these athletes come together. I know it was hot. I had a chance to talk with uh, Katie Beloga, Carrie's mom. And she's like, it's so hot, but the girls were excited to see and be able to compete. So I know it was such a great experience for everyone there. Yeah, I, I caught up uh, with, with John Galt's reporting of Let's Run. He was obviously in Australia to cover it uh, at, at the senior level too. And he said the weather there was – it was – Little, little, little crazy to say the least. It, it had like monsoon level feels after the U twenty race went down. So they definitely had to deal with some some uh, atypical weather. Makia, I think you look at her, 
and she gets this experience. The biggest thing I think with someone uh, that that age and that grade level, uh, she can see the the levels above her, and use that as a, a tool moving forward. I mean, Shay, Beloga, and Riggs are all flat out superstars, right? And so if you need an example of how to frame your career moving forward, no better way than to look at Beloga, Riggs, and and Shay. And I think in a couple of years she will get another opportunity to qualify for another world team. And we'll see what she does. But this this shows a lot of promise, and it's it's a great tool for her moving forward. And for that girls team, um, I mean, it's just I, I'm not surprised that they did as well as they did. Uh, but they actually even like so the men's side didn't have Uganda because they only filled three. But on the women's side, Uganda had a full team, and U.S. beat mm-hmm. Uganda. They were third mm-hmm. uh, ahead of Uganda. So I, I think that speaks. Uh, light years for them too. They beat J- Japan, which has a really great prep system for for distance runners. We all, we hear a lot about Japanese distance runners uh, at the prep level. So the U.S. women really really showed uh, some promise there. On, on the guys' side, I think what that result means is is depth. It really shows, I think, uh, the the American high school system and how valuable it is uh, for us. If you look at like African nations, young athletes go into like national development systems, right? And they're, they're, they, they funnel into systems and they work with kind of the same coaches overall in high schools, right? We have all different high schools, thousands across the U S and trained by all different coaches. Right. And we got to bring this all together for these world championships and then, and, and then have a cohesive team. So you're bringing all these different training styles together, uh, all these five, six guys at once, and you're still getting this result, I think that speaks to the system as a whole and what we're able to do. Now, we didn't, you know, finish in the top three individually, but I, I think the medal here is the important part. Uh, we know how to run as a team, and and Oklahoma State coach Dave St- Smith was the one that led these these two teams to that success, so congrats to him too. Next uh, topic here is a good one, the 200-meter Distance for indoor uh, on the girls' side has just been shattering. The barriers for entry here on the national record have been shattering. Uh, two girls now are under 23 seconds. Shanti Jackson went under t- 23 this weekend in phenomenal fashion. Prior to this happening, it had been 16 years since anyone, any girl, had gone under 23 seconds. So what is going on exactly at 200 meters, and why are we seeing so much success? Olivia. That's a really tough question to answer, Corey. I just feel like these these individuals, these girls, they're, they're just putting all the pieces together. I feel as though they're putting in so much work right now and they're, we're seeing the fruits of their labor. Just when you think it's impossible, it becomes possible. And we're talking about the previous national record holder was an Olympian, Bianca Knight. And she ran the fastest time in history with a 2297 back in 2007 at the Simplot Games in Idaho. And yes, that was an altitude. Then two weekends ago, as you mentioned, Corey, Mia Brahe Pedersen, Top that mark, 2289 in Albuquerque at the Don Kirby Invitational. This past weekend, Shanti Jackson ran that ran at sea level at the USC Open, produces a 2291 as her season opener. And I think that's where I get stuck on it is because this girl literally opened up the 200 meters with this time. And that's insane. And we're talking about like exceeding goats like Allison Felix, Sonia Richards-Ross, just to name a few. Allison had ran at sea level with the 2314 back in 2003. That was 20 years ago, y'all. Like both of these performances are 
incredible. And honestly, the talent is just there. And I'm not surprised by these times whatsoever. And I felt like it was kind of bound to happen. Just, just looking at the girls that we have for this 200 meters, I honestly feel like we can have a handful of people kind of dip into that sub 23 or get pretty close to it. Let's talk about Madison White from Heritage Newport News in Virginia. She clocked a 23-22 at the end of January, and now that is the number five all-time performance. Then you have the Mount Verde Academy duo. You have Adesia Hodge that's uh, in this mix. She ran a 23-39 at the Florida Georgia Challenge just a couple weekends ago pretty much by herself. Go ahead and pull up that race video. That was number 12 all time. Her teammate, Micaiah Holland ran 23.53 from the VA showcase. So I know the opportunities are kind of dwindling down for, you know, people to have these head to head matchups, but like, I say all of that to say like this group of girls that we have in this 200 meters is completely dominant. They're just the, the training, probably the mindset, we're just, you know, iron sharpens iron. It happens all the time. So I feel like all these girls are seeing these really great performances. Hey, I want to be part of that mix too. I'm They're, they're going for big heights. So just kind of looking at the outdoor list, there have only been 20 girls who have dipped under that mark just to show you how elite of a tw- sub 23 is for a high school girl. And I feel like there could be so many other girls that can be added to this list just kind of moving forward this year. Before we move on to Ashley, do we get any other girls under 23 seconds indoors? Yes. I, yes. I feel yes. I, I and again I said this. It I feel like it depends. Like there's so many op, there, the opportunities are dwindling down. Like I said, so probably nationals is where we're going to probably see a handful of these times happen. And again, you're going to be seeing the best of the best line up against each other. So I can definitely see a couple more sub twenty threes this indoor season. Okay, they're really going to have to go after it. I think prelim races yeah. to in order to get that done because you you might not see it in the finals. You'd have to see it in the prelims. Ashley, Mm -hmm. what about your thoughts? Yeah, you know, going back to this whole idea of iron sharpening iron, I think I wrote down, like, this is, like, game-elevating game, you know, same sort of thing. Like, we're talking about all these athletes go – they're going after these times. They're not afraid to just put it all on the line because, you know, what else do they have to lose? I mean, no one had gone under 23 seconds besides Bianca Knight, and then you have two do it, like, within the same week. That's just crazy. And, you know, even looking at some of, you know – the athletes they've surpassed, there's some some of the greatest all time on that list. You have, you know, Allison Felix, her sea level best of 2314. Sonia Richards Ross ran 23 low as well when she was in high school. So, I mean, it has me wondering now, like, what's the standard now for the 200? Like, 23 mid, like 23.5? Like, even then, that's like a crazy time too, as well, especially indoors. So, you know, I think the ongoing storyline going into nationals is just, you know, which athletes are really going to put it out there, you know, and go after a sub 23 um, and who's going to be competitive. I mean, what do they have to lose? Yeah. I think this is the year that's just completely different. Um, I would agree with you, yep. Olivia, in that I think, I think Madison will go under 23 seconds. I, I that That's what I would be willing to put a bet on her going under 23 seconds. I think it would, it would be a little bit more for those, those Montford girls to, to make it happen. But I don't think it won't happen. And usually when I put those low odds on people, they usually just like, you know, <laughs> shoot me out of the water. I was literally so, just you know thinking I mean? that. I put like 5% odds on Jackson Heidish, like winning a race <laughs> and he goes out and runs 8 for 42. Uh, but, you know, as a whole, I think part of this is just, as you said, talent. Talent gets you into that 
role gets you in that place to be able to do it. But talent doesn't work hard. Uh, talent doesn't have drive. Talent doesn't have ambition. You got to have those other things that then get you there and actually make that result happen. And in Shanti's case, I want to talk about this because I think drive is really, really important for her. She's been talked about for years now as a really talented athlete. She's run some national records before. She's she's run all-time times. But I think World U20s and then now I think is the moment where she's, she's she's proven to me, I think, that she has broken through. This 22-9-1 is like the statement that I I think um, like shuts me up, right? And, and she also just sort of just puts it down like she is the girl – that is willing to go out there and put down these times. Now she go, has to go out and beat other girls too. But I think she's she's kind of moving past this point right where she is that person that we've always been talking about. And I think it's important because we talk about teenagers a lot, and teenagers mature over time. Teenagers get stronger. You know, it's it's hard for a six, 15, 16 year old to to be the best version of themselves. They have to be that as they get older, right? And I think she's still getting better which says a lot about her. Now, will she face Mia at Nationals? No, Mia's at Nike, Shanti will be at Boston. Um, so we're still gonna have this sort of like, this 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 storyline, but maybe we'll see it outdoors. Maybe we'll get that down the line. But I really think it's been an amazing time for the 200 meters. I do think Madison is gonna get under 23 seconds and uh, we'll just, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe Madison races Mia or races Shanti and we'll get a battle there. We're going to go to our next topic on the board here, and that is more on national records. You know, on the girls' side, we've seen three of them broken this this indoor season. The pole vault, the 200, the 60, the last two by Brahe Pedersen and, and Jackson, which leads us to our next question. Which national records now are on watch for both of you and for all of us? What do we think is going to happen next? Olivia, I'll go to you. Oh man, I I have a lot of notes written down for this because I feel like we're not I feel like we're not done breaking national records and I feel like records are meant to be broken. So, Corey, you just mentioned we've seen a handful of them go down already. I honestly think this 60 meters could potentially be lowered again depending on the girls, girls that are lining girls? up. You're the girls, about the girls 60. Okay. Yeah. Let's start with the girls first and then I'll move into my thoughts on the boys. But with the girls race, as I mentioned earlier, and you just kind of touched on it with nationals coming up, it depends on who's in this race. And I feel like Shanti is the biggest wild, car- wild card here because she's done it already this year. She, you know, ran extremely well in the 200. She also has a really fast 400 meter time this indoor season. I don't know what... The, the game plan is for Shanti. I can see her probably doing the double in the 60 and the two, but who knows? She might even surprise us and run this 400 meters. There's so many options with Shanti. However, what we do know is Micaiah Holland and Adeja Hodge have been so consistent for this straightaway race. And they've been going head. These are the only two we know that have been going head to head all season long, and they've been consistently been running seven twos. So I can definitely see if we have a lot of these girls line up in the 60 Again, iron sharpens iron. We might be able to see that 60-meter time drop. The girls' 800, I feel like, has Sophia Grorion's name all over it. She's been knocking at the door at this. Rasheen Willis ran a two-flat last year, taking down Sammy Watson's 201. Sophia, in that same race where Rasheen Willis broke the record, Sophia ran a two-flat two, excuse me, two flat point five eight, which 
is incredible. And so far this indoor season, she ran at 201. So she, she's been in that field. She knows what it looks like to run the national record in the 800 meters. She just has to put her name behind it now. One, now, one, thought, moving, on, one thought on her, yeah. though. She's only got, mm-hmm. like, one more opportunity, I think. Exactly. Indo- indoors got, like, are dwindling. Right. I, and I don't think you do that at nationals. I think you get maybe a race in Boston one more time. Do you, do you both okay. agree? Like, like, there's not a lot of wiggle room for that now. There's not. No. Yeah, there's just not a lot of wiggle room. And again, Sophia has all this range. It it just depends on what she decides to do on that day at nationals. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's the big question mark for her. Okay. Now, I have two races for the boys' side I want to dive into. I talked about the girls' 60. I feel like the boys' 60 is in jeopardy. Casey Combes has the record right now, 657. Asiam Asinga from Mount Verde Academy already has run a 659 at the end of January, and he's been consistent, been running between low 660s and low 670s. And eventually, I feel like you're going to crack through that barrier. We talked about it in the girls' pole vault. It's just becoming normal now. It's like your body essentially knows what that feels like, and he's been doing it consistently. It's just tapping into just digging a little bit deeper into that race, and I feel like we can have a new national record holder there. Now, this 4 by 2 on the boys' side, I think is going to be quite interesting. The Bullet School ran a 125.60 back in 2019, but... We've already been talking about this this season. Archbishop Carroll uh, has put together the number four all-time performance at the VA Showcase with a 126.42. So I'm also really curious to see what Archbishop Carroll is going to do, but also I'm going to kind of throw some wishful thinking out there. I'm curious to see if Mountain Bird Academy is going to put something together maybe at some point. And I think that they can put something really special together. So I think the boys 4x2 and the boys 60 is definitely in jeopardy for national records to fall this indoor season. Ashley? I have just one record that I'm going to put on notice this, for the <laughs> remainder of this indoor season. Olivia, I love your wishful thinking. And mine, it may be a little bit of a hot take, but I think King Chez, he's he's going down. His The boys' two-mile record is going to be his no more. His, you know. Uh, oof. I, that's what? a hot take. That what? is a hot take. What? Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'll explain. That's okay. that's the record that he set a decade ago at the Milrose Games, and it's obviously such an impressive record and very, I mean, it stood for a decade, you know, but I do think it could be broken. You know, we already had a close attempt earlier in the season, Jackson Heidish, 8.42 for number four all time at CYUP Misfits. And I mean, we've seen other guys too, like get in that range. You know, if you look at Connor Burns, you're in 8.48 and he kind of has said he wants to Go after that record. You have Hunter Jones in Michigan. He's gone 845 for 3,200. Danny Simmons, 853 at Simplot. That converts down to 840 for 32 um, out, out of altitude. And it, it really would depend, though, if you get the right race. Because yeah. obviously, like, on a national stage, like, you, everyone kind of has to be on this consensus. Like, okay, we're going to go after this record. We're not going to play tactics or anything like that. Yeah. Like, we're going to chase after it. Mm-hmm. So... If you get all those puzzle pieces together, I feel like there is the talent there this year to go after that record. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll see. It's a it's a tough calculus, I think, because you're at your best in March. Yeah. But at nationals, you want the win. Mm-hmm. So a lot of races right. don't play out like that. So it's it's. I almost feel like you need one more huge invitational, like the first week of or March one or March two, and then that's like the time you go after your last ditch record. And then nationals just plays out like nationals. But I think 
That's a hot take that you just said. I think Olivia <laughs> on the the four by two is a hot take. That's not going really? down. Really? Yeah. Are and you then, serious? And then that the is boy, not a hot take. The boys sixty, which I I I am going to talk about, also is a hot take. But I w- I'm also going to say like this is the one that I would be watching. I think the times that are that are able to be broken at this point, like they are, they they could be cut easily. I think boys and girls sixteen hundred meters. I think right now with the, you know, the amount of guys we have under these thresholds, we could get that 404 down. We can get that 440 from Audrey Dadamio down as well. The 3K, Nico Young, 2020, 756 is a national record. I think Tyrone Gorzy could go after it. I think Leo Young could have gone one after that. I think um, Daniel Simmons could have went after that. Or, you know, I don't know if we're going to get it, but I think it was – possible this year and i think in the future that will go down um and i and i agree sophia can break two minutes but really gonna be in a pressure situation to make that happen because she does not have very many opportunities to do it all right so the 60 657 olivia everybody's been going after this thing for 24 years now hasn't gone down and uh, there's a reason why, because it is legit. It's a locked in. It's a loaded race. 6.57 is really, really good. Anthony Schwartz uh, in 2019, I think, ran indoor for the first time at Nationals. He had two prelims in the finals. He was in that 6.5 range right toward the end. But that was the only races he had ever done indoors. If he had gotten more opportunity, I think he would have done that, which is why I like Asinga, as you said, because... He has refined his 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 start, his middle, his phases, his finish, like, and he's run six five nine. So, if anyone's gonna do it this year, I think it's him. And what helps is the loaded depth in the field. You have a, a Singa, you have Larry, you have Harbor, you have Troy Lane, um, you have all these guys in the six six. Brody Buffington of all people have gone six six six. I think you got a lot of guys who've been the six sixes which can elevate you on race day. So I could see that one going down. Good conversation. Love it. Love the hot takes. Uh, we're always one for hot takes here. <laughs> Let's move on to the stars of Florida this weekend at the Louis Bing Invitational. Lisa Samuel showed herself out. She set a state record in the 100-meter hurdles. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. Why was her moment so important there on the track? Ashley, let's start with you. I mean, I think we need to think about it where – it's only February, you know. If you look at this race here, she runs 13.26, a new 100-meter so hurdles win legal state record into an insane, like, 2.0 headwind, you know? Like, that's just crazy. And the first meet of the outdoor season, just look at her there. Like, look how far ahead she is of everyone and how clean she is going over those hurdles. I mean, that's just impressive. And so, you know, keeping in mind, again, that it's, you know, we're only just now ending – you know, nearing the end of February, like, I think the question has to be how close maybe can she get to 13 seconds or, you know, potentially under that as well. You know, she still has got March, April, May. I mean, that's just, you know, there's so much time to, you know, refine some of those, you know, things and the technique and everything. And so I think this is important because it gives her the confidence going forward that she can shoot for faster times. Olivia. Yes, I agree with Ashley there. I think just even stating that she ran a state record and was just literally 0.12 off of the overall fastest time ever recorded from Florida like that just speaks volumes it's we're we're opening up with a 
13.26 meter hurdle time. Like that is quite impressive. And there's just a side note that I just want to mention. I had a chance to talk with Aiden Dixon, who has the number one time in the 400 meters this year with the 46.98. And we talked about uh, just the talent that Florida has and what it meant for him to be able to compete during the indoor season. And one of the things he brought up was like, typically in Florida, like the Alachua County Sports Center, this is the first year that these athletes have been able to compete during the indoor season, which is in Gainesville. And a lot of the Florida talent has had to travel and just like really work through the indoor season. And so we just had great conversation about how this facility was such a huge blessing for his indoor season. It kind of gives gives him a sneak peek into what he can do for the outdoor season. He's been able to sharpen his skills, his technique. He's been able to face some great competition from the state of Florida, which we all know has a lot of talent across all different events. So we could potentially see something be explode into something amazing from Florida. And I, I mentioned that because Alicia Samuel competed in, during the indoor season this year and was able to sharpen up her hurdle technique, was able to put some great sprint races together. And she's just a sophomore, which is crazy to think. So I'm just curious and excited to see how having this indoor season for some of those Florida kids are going to be able to just take advantage of that opportunity to sharpen, really get sharp and get faster. And then, you know, open up with blazing fast times like they did at the Louis Bing Invitational. Yeah. And I, I think that points really like is hundred percent accurate, right? She got two races there. She comes in immediately shows out. Um, you can't deny that she came in ready to go. And would she have run that time? Had she not run indoors? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, hindsight's 2020, obviously, as, as I said the other week, but who knows? It might've been different. The, the fastest time at Louis Bank prior to her performance, 1355 back in 2020, Markayla Hart. That is uh, nearly three-tenths faster than the previous best, right? Um, you can't deny that. Um, I think, as Ashley mentioned, could we get closer to sub-13? I think that's a real possibility. Um, and, and you look at the girls who have broken 13 seconds before all time, they all did it at big, big invitationals right or or championship mm -hmm. settings usa u20s world u20s u.s olympic trials no one has done it in a high school race uh, before could samuels be that first girl to break 13 in a high school race i think the opportunity is prime if she can get a race i don't know what it is but i think it's possible with her you know with what she exhibited national record 1284 by tia jones uh set i believe back in 2019 but I think that's on watch now as well. All right. So beyond this question on Elisa, congrats to you, by the way. We want to we just quickly go over maybe who are who are some next up type athletes that you think could could flourish over the next couple of weeks in, in Florida. Ashley, I'll go to you. Well, also at the Louis Bang Invitational, we saw two freshmen out of American Heritage that kind of took our social media, you know, <laughs> a little frenzy there on TikTok still, and Instagram. Yeah, right? Still, you have Zamari Sanders and Brandon Bennett. They go 10.4 and 10.43, wind legal for 1-2 in the 100. Like, look at this here. These guys, again, are freshmen. This is their first race of the track season, and this is what they do. Wow. I mean, obviously... <laughs> There are going to be people we have to watch going forward. Like, that's just insane. And I think everyone else, like, people in the comments on our posts on TikTok were like, 
you mean college freshmen, right? And it's like, <laughs> no, they're, these are high schoolers. Shout so, out Greg Barnes. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I kind of looked into them, and it looks like they both are football players. They played in the fall. So I'm excited to see what they do going forward. All right, so those are your two stars. Not bad picks. Olivia, who do you got? Yeah, just to kind of piggyback on what Ashley said really quick before I pick my two two also freshmen from the Louis Bang Invitational. Like just thinking about these freshmen, Brandon and Zamari, they were seven hundredths of a second off Anthony Schwartz's meet record of ten thirty three, which stood back from two thousand eighteen. I know we we mentioned him earlier on the show, so that just I feel like it puts these kids in a whole different category. So again, as I mentioned, the two kids that have really caught my eye already for this outdoor season is a uh, freshman Cage Baker, and he clocked a twenty one twenty four this spring. Uh, at this very same me, the Louis Bing Invitational, which I thought was very exceptional there. And also Skylar Franklin from Western High School. She has, I feel like, a lot of potential going into this outdoor season. She set a new personal best in the 400 with the 53-37 this weekend. And then she also clocked a season's best of 23-81 in the 200 before running a 23-38 with some extra boost in that win there for the final of that 200. But those are some of the athletes that are really on my on my radar this outdoor season yeah and and uh greg barnes head coach at head sprint coach american heritage uh he worked with schwartz and tyson campbell when they were in town and um you know i when they back in 18 2018 when i went to heritage to do like a workout wednesday and, and a couple of interviews saw him saw schwartz and what they do there so um he knows what he's doing and it's, it's fun to get really talented freshmen on the track all right, my two athletes, they're not directly from Louis Bing, but I have two in Florida that I'm just going to stamp a, a stamp of approval here, stars of 2023. Miguel Pintojas in the 800, 150 sub guy, could happen. Chelsea Williams, triple jump, long jump. Uh, she's already over 40 feet, I believe, in the triple jump, long jump. She's going for 20, so going to be a star. Those are my two picks there. Our next one's going to be a really fun one. We are inventing a whole <laughs> new race. Uh, NFHS, World Athletics, U.S. You know, Olympic Committee. Let's go! Like, let's let's make this happen. Uh, uh, we're going to go with a, a DMR, a mixed DMR. So you have two girls, two guys in your segments. Uh, the one regulation here, we're going to pick some hypothetical teams. The one regulation here is you have to use a girl in either your 1200 or your 1600 meter leg, and you have to use a girl either in a 400 or an 800 meter leg too. So that's where the strategy comes into play here. But a mixed DMR could be really fun. Ash, let's start with you. What is your team here if you were to pick one? Okay, I'm going to call this team here my team of gamers. You know, on a DMR team, on a relay team, I want people that are going to go out there and give it all they have for the team, lay it all on the track, sprawled out at the end. And so I feel like the four that I chose, they are some of the most competitive people out there this indoor season. So looking first at the 1200, I'm going to go girl here. I'm going to go with Charlotte Bell out of Cuthbertson in North Carolina. You know me, I love Cuthbertson, but she has the times to back her up. She's gone 249 in the thousand of this year and she's also gone 449 in the 1600 as well and she knows how to run relays really well because Cuthbertson has a really strong um you know distance squad that is you know putting together some special stuff on the distance relay so she'll be our lead off there and then to the 400 this is actually someone that Olivia's watching in Florida Skylar Franklin she's gone 5572 in the 400 indoors obviously Olivia mentioned she's gone 53 point already outdoors 
think that'll be a solid like there. And she also has experience competing and, and winning at AAU Junior Olympics. So I feel like she's kind of been bred to really be competitive and go after the win. Um, then looking, I'll, we'll be closing it out with two guys. So the 800, Andrew Regnier from Wisconsin, Milwaukee Speed Academy, 151, the 800. And, you know, he's been a stud at everything from the 600 up to that, you know, 800 distance. And if you watch him race, he's very aggressive. Like, he goes after it, and I think he's, you know, he'll go after it here in this relay. And then lastly, I re- okay, I really like this pick on the anchor here in the 16. Ren Langley out of Louisville, or not Louisville, excuse me, Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has state records this season indoors at basically every distance, you know, from the 800 up basically in Louisiana. And, you know, I think I've watched some of his race interviews afterwards and he always is talking about, I just put it all on the line. You know, (laughs) I I really wanted to go for it. So I think he'll be a good closer for the 16. He's gone for 13 there. All right. Ashley's got a bunch of gamers. I know. All right. Olivia, do you have game? Who's in your squad? What's their mo what's their mentality what's in their their head what do you got there y'all i love i love my squad we're the squad of competitors here (laughs) i think i had too much fun putting this dmr together because i was like okay we're i was really thinking strategically i was like who's gonna pull in what and i was i'm I'm excited so let's go ahead and dive into it for my 1200 meter leg i have to have sophia gory on on my team us number one in the 800 with the 201 she's also clocked the 239 to be just at the top of the game here. This girl has so much experience in high pressure situations. She's been on all, she's set all time marks. She's been on record breaking relays. So hypothetically, I want to put her first because I know she can handle the heavy load in high pressure situations, regardless if she's running against the boys or regardless if she's running against the girls. So Sophia, you're kicking off team lives relay here for my 400 meter leg. I have Isis Simone Grant. She's one of the top, she's ranked in the top 50 in the girls 400 meters. She's clocked at 56-23 this indoor season. And I really like Simone on this team because I feel like she has so much potential in this 400 meters that I feel like she can surprise so many people. For my 800 meter leg, I went with Keegan Smith, one of the top sophomores in the country, US number 14 in the 800 with a 153. And we've already saw what this kid did at Eastern Indoors. This guy has so much experience with cross country and with the track. And just after watching him run that 800, I know he has grit. I know he has determination. So I have him on my third leg. And then to bring it all home, to take down both of y'all's team, I have Tenota Matsatsa, U.S. number nine in the 1600 meters with a 409. I've seen this guy compete this indoor season. He has been turning heads. He knows how to run in solo situations and in high pressure situations. So if we're in the front, he knows how to do it. If we're in the mix, he can handle the pressure. So that is my my squad. I'm feeling it. All Absolutely. right. All right. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I think. Mm-hmm. I differ in where I'm putting uh, my athletes because you both went girl on the first leg, girl on mm-hmm. the 400, and then boy, boy. I'm going to go mm-hmm. girl, boy, girl, boy. And here's why I think it's going to make a difference. Katie McPhail putting her on my 1200 leg. She's run 444 for 1600 meters. That's roughly about six to seven seconds back on Sophia. But I think she, her and Charlotte are going to be pretty pretty equal. Uh but then I'm going to hand it off to Zaire. Zaire is going to, like, 
ball out basically 46 guy last year he on on, on a relay i think he could realistically go 45 so he's going to make up at least eight seconds on both y'all so there we're in the lead there <laughs> I put allison ince on my 800 now you know this will be the the the, the factor here keegan runs a 157 or 153 and andrew's a 151 allison just got to stay in 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 contact 202 203 204 she's run 204 outdoors but she is a gamer ashley likes the gamers i think allison's up for the challenge so i'm putting her there in the 800 but by the time she hands off to clay shively of kansas i think clay is only a couple seconds back and he's going to be in chase mode at that point he's going to be chasing both ren and tonoto and he's got 404 mile speed he's 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 run that at the Arkansas uh, Invitational earlier this season. He's a phenomenal athlete, so he's going to close with abandon, and he's going to make it happen in the final stages there. And I think I think we pull out with the win, I think, my squad. I don't I don't know. It's a hypothetical, so it'll be close. Know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it either. Well, we got, we got three girls or three guys on the last leg, so anything can happen there. But I'm really liking the, the, the mixed DMR. I think we should make that happen. We should. Last segments of the show we're going with our national meet of the week it's this weekend it's the michigan indoor track series state championships which will be held in ypsilanti uh despite an impending storm across the the country uh, hopefully we won't get too much snow and we'll get people there but we'll have a handful of miles with colleagues on the ground including our very own ashley uh so let's break down the top races to watch this weekend um we'll start with the boys race first ashley what boys race did you pick and and what are your thoughts yeah, going into this looking, I chose the boys 800 because I think it could be one of the most competitive races of the entire meet. If you're looking at the top guys there, the top seed is Brendan Herger. He's gone 154 this season, but you have four guys seated under 157 and two under 156. And so, you know, I feel like this could, again, when you have all those guys in you know, this, you know, high stakes environment, like, you know, a Michigan indoor state meet, like, they're going to go after it, and when you're all kind of there, all close together, that feeds off of, you know, some of that adrenaline, per se. Um, so that's my race that I picked. Okay. Olivia, what do you got here, then, in the 800? Yeah, I think it's going to be, like Ashley mentioned, it's going to be a really interesting race. I feel like it's going to be tactical. You have a handful of Michigan's top runners here. And, you know, as Ashley mentioned, Brennan uh, Herger, he's the fastest guy in the state, 154. And what I thought was interesting was he raced – just one indoor race this indoor season, which was that 800 meters. So this is the first time he's going to be competing during the indoor season, but also going for his very first ever state title in his career. So I feel like, I don't know how he's going to handle that pressure, but I feel like he also must be excited to be able to go after it. Then you also have Michigan's uh, third fastest runner, Nick Schillings. Uh, this season alone, he's run six 800 meters, and five of them have been sub two minutes. So I think, honestly, Nick is probably the sharpest one at this point. He has a lot of races underneath his belt. He knows what to look forward to. So I feel like that experience is going to help in, in the long run. Then you also have Sebastian Curvely, who ran a 156 personal best just a couple weeks ago to finish third at the SVSU Distance Festival, which he actually ran against Tyler Heath, which I'll get into a second. Um, and Tyler Heath finished second there, but Sebastian has the fifth fastest time. Tyler raced a handful of times this season. He has a 156 personal best. This was his fifth time running a sub two minute. Uh, flat in his career so he's also getting sharp so as Ashley mentioned this boys 800 meters is definitely going to be an event to look out for you have so many 
great, talented individuals that can really get after it. Yeah, there's a little inside baseball with stats. When you when you run unofficially and officially, it becomes hard to input stats sometimes. So Brendan's mm-hmm. got one profile that says he's only run runways, and then he's got another one where he's run five. So he's actually run like six <laughs> races this this season. He's run fifty point. Oh, 400. then he's sharp too. Right, <laughs> fifty point in the four hundred, four fourteen in the mile, fifteen sixteen for five k. Um, I think he's probably the favorite just by virtue of running fifty point. He knows how to run. Uh, he he knows how to load up in that first lap and then kind of hang on. But um, last year he he ran the mile and he ran uh, he finished sixth overall um, in four fourteen. So he comes back with a different event, a little more confidence. I think it's going to make for a really good race. You know his his main event is ML probably isn't the the flat out eight hundred. It's probably the mile and, and maybe up. But I think this is a, a point of him challenging himself against guys that he's not always going to race against. So when you got eight guys under 158, that means it's going to be a heck of a race. And I think we could see something kind of funny, kind of, kind of good, kind of fast. Uh, what helps, I think, his his uh, argument is the fact that this is a 300-meter oversized track. You have a lot more room to operate on that and make moves, and I think he will. So uh, he r- ran 155 last year in the outdoor season, 154 now. So I think he can pretty much you know, hit that if he wants to. So we'll see what happens. Ashley, what is your next girls race here? Yes, looking at the girls race, I have to go to the girls 400 here. You have 18 competitors in this field. And the top seed is Nevaeh Burns, who's an eighth grader, guys, at a Motor City Track Club. That's just insane. She's gone 55, 65 already this season. And then you have four girls seed under 59 seconds, two under 58 so, I mean, you have a star-studded field here, digging a little bit more into it. Um, you're going to see a lot of Motor City Track Club in this race here, and they've always been so dominant in the Michigan sprint world. And, you know, talking a little bit more about Burns, she's already such a young talent, but she knows how to win. She won the AU Junior Olympic title in the 400 just last summer, so she has all that experience already underneath her belt. She actually competed at this meet last year, but in the middle school division as a 7th grader, and she won the middle school girls 60 meters and she'll also have teammates in here, like I mentioned. She'll have Gabrielle Jeffries and Kellis Hunter-Young. And I think the question here has to be, will Motor City go one, two, three in this race? Oh. I feel like that could happen. No, and, no Ann Arbor there? No Ann Arbor kind of slotting into the I mean, picture here? I definitely think that that could happen, you know, but it's Motor <laughs> City. So fair. who knows? Who that's, knows? It'll be a big race either way. That's fair. Yeah. Olivia, do you have the same sort of thought process there? Yeah, Motor City Track Club just completely dominating this quarter. And I'm excited to see what Nevaeh Burns does. Uh, she's ranked number one from the state of Michigan right now. And as Ashley mentioned, crazy to think she's an eighth grader. She's run five sub 58 second 400 meters this season. Personal best of 55-65 going into this meet. And I was kind of looking at her mile split profile. She's competed at the state championships at the middle school level. And she won the 60 meters last year. So I think it's interesting how she went from the 60 to the four. But she she's completely dominating this field right now. But as Corey mentioned, Ann Arbor, her and kind of could be in this mix. You have the eighth fastest girl at this distance, Mackenzie Robinson. Uh, she's going to have a busy weekend, though. She's going to be doubling in the two, the four. And she's also um, registered to run one of those legs for the four by two as well. She opened up with a 56, 5789 at the end of January. And she also has season's best of 2491 in the 200. So we know she has that speed as well. I'm going to throw in this athlete into the mix as well from Bloomfield Hills. We have Gabriel 
uh, Jeffries, who clocked two sub-58 second 400 meters this season. Her best of 58.33 was just at the beginning of the month at one of the lab meets there. So I feel like it's going to be a very competitive field, but Nevaeh Burns, I feel like, could put everything together for this race. I'm going to agree with Ashley here. I think it's Motor City uh, with at least two places in the top three. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a question Burns is going to win this race uh, with her speed. Uh, Interestingly enough, not only is she leading Michigan, but she's the number two eighth grader in history with that 55-65. I don't know if anybody said that yet, uh, but she would need a 55-43 to surpass the top eighth grade mark of all time which i think wow. probably is in 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 the threat here if, if she runs a good race and shout out to our 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 fan brennan giles he's a big uh, mile split guy uh we are big brennan giles fans and he coaches a uh, motor city track club so he's been putting out a great lineup there and we'll see what happens ashley any other things that you're looking forward to in ann arbor and ypsilanti well, as long as I can make it out there again, this impending <laughs> snowstorm, you guys have been texting me all week about it. And it's made me stressed, you know, hopefully I can touch down and get there. It'll be fun. And I've never been to Michigan. And so I'm okay. excited to see it. And I've heard it's a great meet. You know, Michigan has a lot of good athletes already. We've mentioned some already. Um, you know, you'll have people like Hunter Jones in the distance events mm-hmm. and others as well. And I'm just excited to see what happens and get to chatting with the athletes and stuff so be sure to come see me i know you're a big uh coffee gal todd horton's is on the way we went to au at ypsilanti like f- four years or five years ago and every day we made a stop at todd horton's so okay um i'll have like to do that dunkin donuts i think we actually where, where do we go to todd horton's or is it, do you mean tim horton's tim horton's oh yeah i've had tim horton's, tim horton's. yeah that's a tim very Horton. like tim that's horton's. a canadian new york staple new york, yeah staple mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay mm-hmm. well Good luck. Hopefully you get there safely. Um, <laughs> let's know how it goes, obviously. Uh, and we'll we'll see everything that takes place this weekend. Uh, Milesport.com will have the scoop for you. We'll have uh, race videos and, and very much more. Coming into next show, we're going to change the format a little bit. We're going to change hosts. Uh, and we're going to rotate it. Olivia is coming up next week, and she's going to host the show. And then we're going to get going again. So happy Tuesday. We'll see you as we head into March next week. And take care. We'll see you later. 